0: Welcome to Noir, the podcast that celebrates the extraordinary people of North Omaha. Our goal is to inspire and uplift the Black community by sharing stories of individuals who have made a positive impact. Join us as we connect, support, and encourage one another through powerful conversations and uplifting messages. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Noir, the podcast. Noir stands for North Omaha is really extraordinary. And the purpose is to connect, support, and encourage Black people in and from North Omaha with stories of individuals who inspire us.
1: Oh, why? (laughs) Because we need it, Jade. We do need it. We do. I'm your host,
0: Dr. Nichelle horton Brown. And I'm your co-host Jade Rogers, and we have the distinct honor of sharing this afternoon with Miss Daquisha Whitaker. Hi, everyone! We're so happy to have you. I'm excited to be here. Okay, well, let's get into it. Okay. We always start by asking our guests where you are from and who your people are. So,
2: I am born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. And my people are my so my dad is from New Orleans. He was in the military, and that's how he came here. And so I am a Granderson as my maiden name, but my mom um, side of family are the Devers, and we've been here for a very long time. And that's who I am. Nice. You know some
0: Devers? I do. Like,
2: Ooh, I do. Yeah, my grandfather was Jeremiah Devers. He was a, he owned a
0: construction company, so nice Built a lot of homes. In the here, city, in, here in Omaha. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a story. That is a story. Yeah. You might make me deviate from the plan. <laughs> I know. I was going to ask a question, but I will not. Go, go ahead. Don't go. Hold go myself. Ahead. Should we deviate? This will be our first deviation. Oh, I don't know. I'm nervous huh? about the deviation. <laughs> 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 well, that's just not a typical or common profession for us to be in in this city yeah. prior to a certain date. So when was his business in operation? Oh, see, I'm not the historian of the family. That's a great question.
2: He passed when I was 17. So he did it for probably 30 years prior to that. So so I don't know when it started.
1: Was it active during the 50s, 60s?
2: The yeah, 60s, okay. uh, 60s and 70s and okay. 80s. And he did some work in the 90s, but not as much as he did in the 50s,
0: 60s and 70s. That is really cool. Yeah. Jeremiah Devers. Do you know of any houses that are still around that he no, constructed? I
2: don't. Hmm.
0: Let's ask my great aunt. That's a really good question.
2: Are there any churches? No. Okay. He no only churches. did houses. He, he only did, did houses. houses.
1: Okay. That's like major. <laughs> That's a
2: lot of houses. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was just seeing if there was a connection because yeah. there's a... A black architect
2: mm. that
1: was yeah, uh, that did a lot of churches in Omaha, yeah, so I wondered if there was any crossover sure. Action. Well, from
0: time to time, we do an update episode. Yeah. so you dig and then we'll yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, get the word out about Jeremiah Devers. absolutely. I love it. I love it. Okay, take us through your educational journey <laughs> here in Omaha. So I went to Miller Park
2: for elementary school. And then I almost went to Nathan Hale because King Science Center, when I was applying for middle school, it was an application process and I'm a twin and my twin sister got in, but I did not. And so they went through like a system where it's like, this is the first batch they went through. And then they had another batch that they were going to let through. And so I'm like. Gonna take me from my sister, <laughs> yeah. but my mom, being my mom, she made sure that did not happen, and so I ended up going to King Science Center, and then I left there and went to Burke. Okay. My mom, she worked at the Western Electric, AT and T, Avaya, mm-hmm. all the different names you called them, and that was like down the street from Burke. And she had been doing research and with some of her coworkers, and they talked about how Burke was the best school to go to. Well, that meant I had to be bust. But didn't want to be bussed, So we just woke up very early in the morning and we got, you know, in the car with my mom and she took us to school, went to work. And then I went to Creighton. I applied to tons and tons and tons of colleges, HBCUs, um, not and then traditional universities, but Creighton offered us a really great deal that we could not pass up. Me and my twin sister. Nice. And we paid for seventy-five percent of our tuition. So Awesome. My mom was happy for us to stay home and, you know, we did as well. So that's where I um, did my undergrad at. And then after I graduated, I did some working and I went to UNK online and I got my master's in education um, from there. University of Kearney, Nebraska, Carney. What was your bachelor's degree? My bachelor's was in English creative writing. Oh, yes. When I started, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. You know, my mom had kind of like put that in my head and. I ran with it. And halfway through college, I was just like, I don't want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I don't want this. I really like writing and I really like kids. And so I was like, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to change my major and I'm going to do creative writing. And maybe I'll become an author one day. But I was like, okay, but you have to be realistic, though everybody's not going to be an an author. So what else can you do with this? Well, I can be an English teacher because I love reading and I love writing. So I'll just be an English teacher. And so that's how I ended up with an English creative writing degree.
0: Which has paid off. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Which has paid off. We did not say what you do, who you are. So yeah, so
2: I am a children's book author and publisher. So I write books that teach kids daily life and social skills that I help them be their best in their homes in their classrooms in their communities. And then I run a publishing and branding agency that helps authors and businesses and speakers to publish and brand stories to improve and maximize their authority, but also to brand to
0: build business and build profit. That is awesome. Thank you. You are so interesting. I don't know any other... Black female publishers, yeah, and that is you, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm all over the place today. How <laughs> did you get there? So my first
2: book I published, which was Brush Your Teeth, Brush Your Teeth, Brandon's Song for Healthy Teeth. I published that book with an independent publishing company in Atlanta. I was teaching for VIP Kid online. Mm-hmm. Once my son was born, Deuce. And um, we were in a Facebook group and people were saying, oh, you know, it had a thread. What are you doing with all your VIP kid money? And someone said, oh, well, I am publishing a book. And I was like, slid into her DMs. Tell me more about that. Because in my mind, in, in you know, my closet, I had written a book. And it was about a little boy who loved brushing his teeth. And it was a song that I had sang to my son because... He was one and he loved brushing his teeth. And my friends were like, how are you getting a one-year-old to brush his teeth? And I said, oh, we just sing a song. And so I wrote a book with this song in it. And so she told me about the publishing company and I went online and looked them up. You can submit um, your manuscripts. I submitted my manuscript with them and they accepted it. And I went through the publishing process with them. And that was in 2019, And so I had paid for the package, finished the illustrations. And they were like, in February, they said it'll be done in October. Well, October came and it was not done. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, what's the next thing? Because I'm thinking in my mind, I want to start, you know, you know, sharing with everybody to build up the excitement so that I can, you know, sell this book when it publishes. Well, then December came and there was nothing. And I was like, okay. So it'll be ready in February for, you know, Children's Dental Health Month. February came and nothing. nothing. Well, what happened in February 2020?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: COVID. Everything COVID. shut down. And so everything shuts down. So I'm like, oh God, this book that I've been telling people about is not coming out and I'm looking crazy. And so they were like, okay, July. July is a date. Oh, wow. And so I'm like, okay. So I was on social media one day and I literally came across an ad and this ad literally changed the trajectory of my life. And it was an ad for a five day how to write a children's book course with Crystal Swain Bates. And mm-hmm. it was free. Well, I'm already working on book number two because book number one's been done. Right. And so I'm working on book number two, which is my son's story because he's this crazy three year old who doesn't like to go to bed at night. So he just tells me these elaborate stories. And this one actually was really good. So I wanted to put it in a book. And so I was like, OK, I'll take this class. And so I took the class. and It was amazing. I joined a group. Um, I took some other classes while I'm still waiting on my first book to be published. And it hasn't been published yet. And so July passes. They say October. And I'm like, OK, we're back to October. Again. OK, October is <sighs> a, a date. Later. A year later. Wow. It comes out November 14, 2020. And by then, book number two was already in the works and coming out in December. And so... I was in that contract with that publishing company for two years and it just was a negative experience for me. And I was just like, I don't want anyone to go through this experience that I went through. So on top of going through all that waiting, I had to be in contract with this company for two years with royalties and me seeing the back end working with my now business coach, Crystal Swain Bates. Of just like how things are, like how there was a huge upcharge in me ordering author copies and me paying a royalty and having a hard time, you know, making changes and things like that. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I was like, I want to make sure that the next person that wants to publish a book does not have to go through these hurdles, does not have to worry about their rights being taken, their royalties being taken. I want to empower people to be able to write stories and share. And so I started my own publishing agency. And what is the name of the publisher? It's called Water Rocks Publishing. And where does that name come from? My lovely son, Deuce. <laughs> when he was two, we were in the kitchen. He said, I want some Water Rocks. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
0: I love I was it. talking about ice, ice cubes. cubes.
2: <laughs> water Rocks. Me and Brandon was like, it. it's genius though, right? You have yep. to kind of, and a two-year-old is thinking, I'm like, yep. So that's what it was. And so that's what Water Rocks is. <laughs> oh, that is awesome yes he is literally the inspiration behind my whole brand and the reason why I even started writing because I was at home with him
0: mm-hmm. you're an, an educator as well yes
2: so I was yeah I was teaching middle school in Monroe um, when I was pregnant with Deuce and when Deuce was born I walked away from the classroom because he was born with a congenital heart defect we knew he had some little small septic holes in his heart, but we didn't know that his arteries were flipped. So when he was born, 14 hours until he being born, I'm just nursing him, you mm-hmm. know? And if I'm not nursing him, then Brandon's helicopter dad and holding him the whole time, the whole 14 hours when I was not nursing him. And then the doctor, you know, the, the doctors that come and do the rounds, she checks him, his heart, and she, she she's like, and Brandon's like, oh, we already know he has some, you know, some um, small holes. And we had to go talk to the cardiologist when we get out of here. And she's like, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And mind you, he was born on New Year's Eve, 10.50 p.m. So what's going on on New Year's Eve? Everybody's partying. So she's calling around to radiologists. Hey, can somebody come in? Mm-hmm. And someone was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going out. I'll come in. And the radiologist came in and they put him through the machines. And they saw that his arteries are flipped. His his oxygen levels are really low. And they got him hooked up. And the next thing we know, they were rushing him to Children's Hospital because he had to have open heart surgery. Wow. They usually ask that it be done the third day. But since it wasn't planned, they were like, maybe seven days. We don't know. We're going to keep him on a pacemaker and um, keep him, you know, hooked up. And we'll just hopefully there's something to come up. Well, somebody canceled and something came up and he had surgery on the third day. and. The doctor that did the heart surgery went to the University of Michigan. My husband went to the University of Michigan. Did they know each other? They did not know each other. But it's just those God winks that we were seeing just throughout the whole process. And so they did the surgery and he was supposed to be in the hospital for two weeks. He ended up being in the hospital for nine days and they let us go home. Shortly after we went home, Brandon um, took a position in San Antonio six months after Deuce was born. And so I left the classroom. We did all this vetting, all this vetting to all these daycares. And I'm like, I don't know anybody in San Antonio. I'm just dropping my baby off Mm -hmm. to anybody. And so I stayed home and I'm like, okay, God, what am I going to do? Because I just was like, I was loving teaching and that's what I thought was going to be my path. And so God was like, remember the writing. And that's where my first book came.
0: Awesome.
1: So I can see the trajectory and you need the education background to be able to put all of those components in that yeah. you know children need as they are reading.
2: Yeah. And you w-
1: marry that with your creative writing.
2: I did. I look back at the tra- the trajectory and I'm like, all the organizations I work for, um, I worked at Boys Town in their residential homes. I worked for the Urban League with their truancy programs. I did foster care supervision with Children's Square Like all these different organizations I've worked for, like I've gotten all these skills, all this knowledge. And I've been able to put it in books and be very intentional about the message that I teach in my stories and in the author visits that I do. So
0: it was all on purpose with purpose. I love that. That is great. So do you have other authors that have signed on with your publishing? So Yes,
2: we're incognito in the hmm. sense where we don't do royalties, we don't do copyrights. You own everything. So, when we're publishing books, we're encouraging our authors to purchase their own ISBN which is attached to their book so it's their own publishing company that they're publishing under. So, we have authors, but some like to be remain private and others we we do have, you know, their works on our website, but yeah. We are the consultant of the publishing. We're not the big house is taking their cut and Mm -hmm. still publishing your works. It's just, it's fair and it's empowering to do it that way. And that's why I like it.
0: The purpose of our podcast is to connect, support and inspire primarily black people in and from North Omaha. There's some writers out there. There's some people who have stories to tell. Yes. What do you say to them?
2: You know, I say to them that your stories are your legacy, and I believe strongly that there should be not one person in this world that doesn't leave this world without publishing one story because there's so many amazing truths out there, and the world needs to know them. I can publish all these books, and my great-grandkids will benefit from them financially and, and just the empowerment of just knowing that my great, great, great grandmother wrote these stories. But these live on after me. You know, they'll pay for somebody's tuition that I'll probably never get to meet. And that's what I love. It's just like that generational wealth that I'm creating for my family.
1: What advice do you have for the person that's like, well, you know, I have a good story, but I don't know how to draw. I don't know any artists. I don't know how to do all of that.
2: Yeah, I hear that all the time. And I'm like, just write it like we have. So many amazing people out here. We have editors who can take all the amazing things you've said and developmentally edit it. They'll, you know, fix the punctuation, do all those things. I don't illustrate, but I know what I like and I know what I want. And if that's you, then there's so many people out here. Like it's really a team effort. There's nobody should that should be out here writing, editing, illustrating and formatting and cover designing yeah, their book. Like, it all. Absolutely not. There's <laughs> so many other things you could be doing. Promise me. I'm promising <laughs> you. I know. And so tap into the right people. But first and foremost, just write the story. Because once it's on paper, that is where the power lies. Because now we can take it from your mind to your paper to the book and the actual book. And that's where the impact happens. So just write. Just get it down.
0: So you have written books about potty training for boys and girls. Mm-hmm. What is it? The Smelly Skunk? Oh, so the Scary Dinosaur the, and the Stinky Skunk. That's my social
2: emotional learning skills series. And that's really inspired by my work with Boys Town in the Urban League and just realizing that kids just some kids grow up in this world and they do not have any social skills and it is not their fault. A lot of times, even as me as a homeschool mom, like if I want to teach my kids something, I get a book. Kids love to be entertained and a lot of entertaining happens in books. So I wanted to create stories that teach kids skills so that they are starting to understand what those skills are and the conversations are happening around the dining room table or at bedtime to say, hey, I can learn how to accept differences and making friends. I can learn how to share and take turns and apologize and things like that.
0: I was so happy to have you coming on today because mm-hmm. I was at the Urban League with my husband. They were doing a a project and I was there and he showed me some data. He had given a talk the other day about just where we are as a school, as a a school system. Mm -hmm. And he showed me the stats for the reading and math, Mm -hmm. third, fifth and eighth grade. Mm -hmm. For our kids, for reading, they're in the 20th percentile and math is in the teens. Yeah. So both of y'all are educators. I'm looking at you, Jay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What can we as a community do when only 20% of our kids are third grade? I think it was like 27% of third graders were reading on grade level. (sighs) Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Um, I think we need
2: to get back to when reading was cool. Mm-hmm. No, now it's just like I have to do it because I have to get this grade and reading is cool because of what kids are able to read. My kids, we go to the library and we make a big deal out of going to the library like it's our weekly thing. Mm-hmm. We check out about 20 books and it's fun and it's engaging. We have a challenge where we try to read five books a day at homeschool, So that's possible. But I tell, you know, friends and um, family and people I talk to out in the community, five books a week is amazing. And our kids read when they see us reading. And so, you know, taking the time as a family and saying, hey, before bedtime, we're all going to grab a book and we're going to read. And that's our quiet time and that's our time to learn. But just like setting that standard that, you know, we all read because knowledge my grandma used to say all the time knowledge is in book and knowledge is in the news (laughs) like if you want to know when Jesus is coming read a book the bible or watch the news that's and and like to this day my son's like it's news your favorite thing to watch yes it is (laughs) Jesus may be coming we gonna find out but yeah but it's just I feel like we just need to set that as a norm and just as a way to bond and develop each other as a family it's just not depending on the school because the school can only do so much. They're short teachers, they're short everybody. And so as a family, we need to take control of our kids' education and just empower them with stories and just find the right story for your child. You know your child better than anybody. So find the right book, find the right comic book, find the right series that they would love and just test them out and just make it a journey. When you're cooking, they should be reading to you. When you're driving in the car, they should be reading to you or you can be listening to audiobooks. But just make it a norm. Make it a part of your life. This is what we do. It's not what we have to do.
0: It's just what we do. That's good. So I have the honor of being the director of the Board of Christian Education at my church. And I was thinking we just need to maybe have a we have what's called Education Sunday, which is every fourth Sunday. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to have a light snack and then. Everybody bring their books and we go back upstairs to the sanctuary and everybody just reads.
2: Yeah. Have a literacy night. Yeah. Grab your favorite book and read a page. Everybody just go around and we're just popcorn reading pages and
1: reading chapters and show and tell with your book. I haven't taught on that level in many years, but I know when I was teaching, I had a special area where I read from and my classroom was the house <laughs> <laughs> and we read in the living room. So I had a special corner of the classroom where I had a chair. I brought a nice, comfortable chair. I brought a lamp, <laughs> I brought yeah, a plant, yeah. you know, and I covered it so that it looked. I mean, it was our living room and I had a nice rug mm-hmm. and pillows on the floor so that you now you're in the living room. And what do you do in the living room? We sit and we read books yeah. and I would have a different hat. So it's like, okay, so which hat are you going to wear today? Wear the witch hat, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, wear the kooky hat, you know, depending upon what kind of story they wanted to hear Mm -hmm. and asking them what they wanted to hear empowered them to be able to say, I want to hear a scary story or I want to hear a story about dragons or I want a sad story or, you know, a feeling story Mm -hmm. so that they can take some ownership Of the story time. Yeah, absolutely. And then explore different types of books. So it was really important what you said and asking them what they want to read and knowing who your child is and what they like and fostering that. Because if they like dragons, because I like dragons, if they like dragons, you get three or four books from the library all about Mm -hmm. dragons Mm. and get a nonfiction book about you know, reptiles. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just Mm -hmm. because those are the things that are going to really impact that child. That's all they're going to want to read for a while. Mm -hmm. And that's That's okay. okay. Yep. We about to change the
0: world, ladies. Yes, (laughs) indeed. (laughs) We need to see that number go up. We do. We really do. Now, back to you and your writing. You've written stories for little kids but yes. now you are branching into the, the
2: middle school yes, yes. tell yes. us about it i or should i say we me and my twin sister DeKeisha, we have a new book and it's called the grand adventures of jade and grace and this goes to <laughs> sounds like, like a great i book. know it is <laughs> and literally me and my sister Bookworms, Babysitter Clubs, Goosebumps. Those were our things. You know, back in the day, we had my mother's basement full of books, uh, all the all series books from the, books from the series. And I was like, hey, Keisha, don't you think, she's a therapist. And so she's like, I have, so I have an idea. Well, what are you, what, what, Keisha, what is it? And she's <laughs> like, you always got some idea. And I'm like, don't you think it would be a good idea for us to write a middle grade chapter book series like we used to read? She's like, okay, okay, I like this. And I was like, you remember how much we love reading as a kid? I want that for kids this age in this world right now. She was like, okay, I like that. And so we we hammered and we've been hammering out. We have three books technically written. We just released the first book in um, August. And it's just a fun story about girls starting middle school. who don't know each other. They come from different lifestyles. Jade lives with her dad. He's a single dad. Her mom passed away in a car accident. But her twin sister, mom's twin sister, helps dad raise her. And then Grace lives in a two-parent home. Mom's a doula. Dad's a doctor. They had oops babies, (laughs) twins, and they already had three kids. And so she's working on just kind of figuring out her identity and her place in the world. She looks like dad. The twin sisters look like mom. Are they are black friends? people they're all black people See? they're black main characters and we and you know we have some white people in the in the book but I needed I needed us to be mm-hmm. in the Forefront and so they're starting a new school and they're trying to figure out who to hang out with who is the right friend crowd and what is my identity in this new environment and what is my identity at home hopefully they you know come together and they become friends and teach Middle school girls all over the world, some great lessons about who they are, their identity, social skills to help them to be their best and just to
1: love themselves wholeheartedly. So you said the Babysitter's Club was one of your favorites. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite childhood book? Corduroy. I loved Corduroy. He was a bear, right? He was a bear.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I found that book at the library, but. I want to find one that's been gently used. I need to go to like a half price bookstore and just buy it to have on our our shelf. Mm -hmm. Cause I love corduroy when I was a kid.
0: What about you Jay? What was your favorite book?
1: Anthony and Sabrina. What's that about? Mm. (laughs) It was a story about this brother and sister that think they lived maybe in Chicago and they travel down south to stay at Big Mama's house. Mm. And they spend a day at Big Mama's house and they're running around with chickens and falling into mud puddles and yeah. doing silly things that siblings do. And they're just, you know, exploring outside with, mm-hmm. at Big Mama's house and trying to get home before, you know, the sun comes mm-hmm. down and thinking about what they're going to eat just every day at Big stuff. Mama's house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they were black. Yeah. Nice. They were black. I love that. Because I I went back as an adult and found it. Yeah. Because I had lost my copy. And, you know, growing up in the whatever year I did grow up, it was a long time not, ago. <laughs> there were not a lot of books Mm-mm. with black central characters oh. There were children. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I
0: was just going to put a period after books. Growing up. There were not a lot of books. You know what? Uh, what was yours? <laughs> <laughs> the little engine that could. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. That seems right. Yep. And when my first daughter was born, that's like the only thing we had ready because she was <laughs> a go-getter and came a month early, but her, mm. her room was decorated with the the whole story of the little engine oh. that could. So... There's so much, DaQuisha. There's so much. <laughs> Tell us about the She Society. So She
2: Society, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those God moments again. I had been at an event on April Fool's Day and I made no money <laughs> and I feel like I didn't make any connections and it was like four hours just wasted and I'm like, Lord why did you even have me come here? This is ridiculous. And then Sherry Moore comes to my table. And I had seen her before and another even I did a few months ago. And she had purchased a Potty Monster book for me. And she just loved the illustrations. And she came to me, she was like, Hey, I'm pitching for a store to have some black products, some products by black women, and I would love to pitch your books. Like, I don't know this lady like I've seen her before I'm like okay and she was like could you you know give me some of your books and I'll give them back to you I just want to pitch it I'm like all right sure so I packaged up some of my best sellers and I give them to her and that was on a Saturday Tuesday mm-hmm. she gets back to me and said they said yes and I was like who is they? <laughs> Cause you didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> they and she sends me video and they are high V. And I mm. was like, oh. And so at this point, she's like, they said yes, and they said yes to a lot of different products from a lot of different women. And so she was like, I want us to get together and meet about this to see what this looks like. Sherry had already been in two high Vs, three, two or three high V's herself. Only one. And she was led to tap and bring a sister along, a lot of sisters along, when she could have said nothing. She could have just continued mm-hmm. to just, you know, be successful and do well, but she did not want to be the only one. And so that was the start of She Society. It's literally just a group of Black women owned businesses locally who are just trying to expose our city to women entrepreneurs, you know, Sherry pitched to these stores that black women businesses are thriving and doing better than any other demographic of businesses, men and women right now. And that's our go-getter driven spirit. Like we put our mind to things and we just do it. And why would you not want us on your shelves when we are leading in making the most money and having the most successful businesses around the world? and they hopped on, and it's been amazing. We have our products in Hy-Vee on Cass and Hy-Vee on Fort Street. We're looking to have our products in other locations, even in other Hy-Vees, as well as other stores and businesses around the city. We want to just work on exposing our city to all the amazing things that Black women are doing in their businesses. So we have skincare we have clothing we have prayer bears we have books we have a variety of different products that we are selling and so yeah we've been doing it since june and we're in two stores now but there are many more coming many more opportunities and it's powerful you guys because it's black women working together and we know the stigmatism with that but you know i was burning the midnight oil in november will be three years since my first book was published and I just been doing it, just, you know, head down and just burning in midnight oil doing it. It's like, how much greater is it to have somebody to be doing it with, to mm. go out and advocate and speak on behalf of my business? I always pray, God, put me in rooms and I'm not in because I can't be everywhere. But I know that my stories need to be everywhere. And so, so thankful for that opportunity. So thankful for that day where I made zero dollars and I made zero connections because God has something so much
0: greater. I did pick up on the date, which was April 1st. Did you think God was playing a a joke (laughs) on (laughs) you?
2: And even when she came to me, I'm like, really, God? Like after this whole day, then you come up here with this whole pitch into the store. Okay. But two days later, I was just like, wow, that's why. And it's just that delayed gratification. And like you, I laugh at it. I really do. I laugh at it now because I'm just like, how in the world? I had no idea. So right now I have, I had the Potty Monster books in the stores, but I have the Scary Dinosaur series, Scary Dinosaur and Stinky Skunk series in there. And it's doing amazing. And I went to an event with OPS, their back to school event. And people are like, oh, I bought your book in hy V. I seen your book in hy V." And it's just like, yes, I'm talking to schools and I'm building relationships so that I can come in and do author visits at schools. And they're like, I send your book at Hy-Vee. I did a promo at Hy-Vee the other day and a lady works at a school and she was like, I'm the one who books the visits. I will be contacting you. I remember you. And wow. so it's just, okay, God. Yep. All right.
0: Well, I know from personal experience because I've got your books on my yeah. little kids table in my office and they, they just love it. It's been a fun journey. These are my
2: son's stories. These are his bedtime stories that... You know, he's created with me because story time is so important with us. We do popcorn stories where he'll start a story, then I'll add a little bit, then he'll add more. And we just keep going until we just have this whole story. And that's how The Scary Dinosaur and the Stinky Skunk came about. And it's been amazing to watch him be empowered. Like when he comes to me, comes with me and does vending events, he says, and I say, so these are all my books. These are my books. He cuts me off. (laughs) Like these three right here are mine. Like, guess the rest of these are hers. But... He wants his props and he takes so much pride in them. And he I have I have more stories I want to write. I have I want a new story. And it's like he's six. And the fact that I'm empowering a six year old to write and to tell his own stories like that's just amazing to me. That's how we change the literacy gap that we have.
1: It's just like empowering kids to tell and write their own stories. I'm glad that they are recognizing that you are an author right here. Yes. That they don't have to fly somebody in and put them up Mm -hmm. and, you know, do all of that. You live here. Right here. And how much more impactful is it for a little girl? Yeah. Little boy. She lives. She goes. Mm -hmm. I saw her at the store.
2: You know. Exactly. Very true. And that's what I want. And so that's why, you know, I love doing vending events in the community and love doing promos at the stores because I want kids to see like touch like there's an author you love to read books there's an author right here in your city in your backyard and I love it I love the conversation I love the excitement the aha moment the kids have and even just signing their books they're just so thrilled it's just it's an amazing amazing experience
0: Did you grow up in North Omaha? Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) 18th and Clark. I sure did. It's so funny. Deuce just asked me the other day to drive by where I used to grow up at. And um, just so he could see it. But yeah, North Omaha is home. Brent asked me yesterday or today. He was like, what do you love about Omaha? And I think North Omaha's culture and history is the main thing that I love I mean there's so many other you know great things that people love I just love North Omaha and just to be like a little girl to now my 35 years of age and see how much it's grown and the impact it's having in the community and North Omaha is just still fighting Yes, and I just love it I I really love it and so I'm so proud to be from North Omaha and I'm
0: writing a new book that's going to highlight that I love it I ask that question because North Omaha is really extraordinary. Yes, it is. And you are a living example of that, Daquisha. I think you are the bee's knees, <laughs> for real, for real. You are you are doing it. You're extraordinary. So thank you for coming on. You said the bee's knees. <laughs> She's the bee's knees. <laughs> that is a very old. I know
1: phrase. it.
2: I know it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having
0: me. This has been fantastic. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Noir, the podcast, where we celebrate the extraordinary people of North Omaha. We hope you've been inspired by today's episode and encourage you to share your own stories with us. You can reach us at Noir, that's N-O-I-R-E, the podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram Until next time, stay extraordinary.